Hello and welcome to the Stories of Asia podcast. In this episode, we bring stories from the workplace, businesses and communities to teach a lesson, share perspectives and inspire your journey. My name is Andrew Toh and I'm your host of this podcast. In this first season, we would like to talk about some of the biggest struggles that we face in Asia. What's interesting about this episode is that I've invited Alexander Trost to share with us his struggles as he faced the uh, um, many years in the corporate space. Alexander, I'm so glad that you could join us in this podcast. And let's start off by uh, you sharing with us a little bit more about yourself, uh, about, your, about your corporate career, and then uh, just so that the uh, listeners could get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, hi, Andrew. Um, it's a humbling experience to be here. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, maybe let's even start with my mission in life. So my mission is to make a positive difference in the life of people by intentionally being different. And I also hope that in the podcast today, I can give some intentionally different thoughts. So I have uh, 21 years of corporate life. Interestingly, always the same company, all 21 years. I think rather rare today, but I guess maybe based on that, I can also give some insights later and some lessons how it is actually to work with one company uh, all the life. Mm. Um, the other interesting thing is that every three, four years I was promoted and I had the great opportunity to work in a different function. So I worked in operations, in strategy, in finance, HR, supply chain, just to name a few. And actually I'm now since 1997 in Singapore, so maybe I'm in Singapore longer than some of your listeners. Okay. Well, so, so it sounds like you had a very successful career in a single company, got promoted every um, regularly, every three to four years. And you've also traveled around the world, as I read about your profile. Yes. So what would you describe as the biggest struggle that you faced um, in this uh, 21, 22 years? Um, the biggest struggle, actually, in, at least from hindsight, is uh, was always self-induced. So whenever I got a new position, um, it was, as I said, in a new function. So also it was the same company. It was a new topic. It was new, different people. And I had to practically start from scratch. And I was always very worried. Can I do well? Will I do well? Will people really be happy with um, what I will deliver? And I realized... Um, that uh, it was all only my imagination. Yeah, At the end, people actually believed in me and I was my own enemy. And eventually I came across this very nice quote that uh, worries are a misuse of imagination. And as human beings, we have this wonderful gift of imagination, which um, apparently animals don't have and plants, at least based on what uh, science suggests. And unfortunately, we use this imagination rather negatively very often. If you maybe even think, dear listeners, about your current worries, what they are. I believe 99% of them didn't even happen. They are all in the future. You might worry about losing a job, getting sick, losing a loved one, um, or name it all. So all those things haven't really happened yet. And this was actually for me the main lesson that this whole worry was always in my own way. And once people believe in you and you get this opportunity, um, just go in deep dive, uh, roll up the sleeves and do your best and make sure people see your results. So at what point uh, in, in time did you realize that you, actually all these worries are, 
um, not going to happen. And uh, as I mentioned, right, it's self-induced. It's just your imagination. Um, at what point in time did you realize that? Uh, unfortunately, quite late. Actually, it was towards the end of the 21 years um, because then I realized that all these worries uh, also impacted the family because I was uh, firstly overall overly worried about the job and what I'm doing and was then um, very focused on the job, constantly thinking of the job. And even so, I thought I have quite a good life balance. And whenever I was not at work, I was with my family. I realized that mentally I was never really there with the family because there were always these worries. Should I still do something? Do I have everything under control? Have I cleared all my emails? Is there is something else to do? And this actually led me to the decision to leave the company eventually after 21 years, um, not going for another job, not having another job, um, not being dismissed from the company. But it was really my very own decision where I realized that all these worries, all these struggles came to a point that I was too much actually overwhelmed constantly by my job and um, not looking enough at other things around me. So I was practically drawn in by the career, if you want to say it that way. And um, this constant urge to make everything right, to do everything perfect and never to fail. Mm. But well, it, it seems like you were progressing well in your career and you're moving into new jobs and all that. And from a um, third party standpoint, like from my, from my point of view, it looks like uh, you're successful. It looks like you're, you're doing things well. But why, why do you think these uh, self-induced worries come about? Um, yeah, as I said, uh, it, it, it's this natural gift of, of imagination that we imagine all those things not to be, um, that those things are actually happening around us. And that's why I find um, one thing very, very helpful is um, being grateful and having maybe even a gratitude journal um, by sitting down every evening and looking down what actually went well. Yeah, because we are so often looking at those challenges which are still in front of us, uh, in front of us, or looking at things that can go wrong. Um, and for sure, logically sitting down um, and, and looking at my career, what all went well, there were a lot of things saying it, it, it can all go great or it went all really perfect. And I never really took that time. Yeah? And I think many people I also see running through their life are at the same stage. We always only look forward and what else has to be done, uh, what else do I have to do to succeed, rather than also sometimes sitting down and saying, wow, what have I achieved already? And what is actually all those success milestones? And most importantly, what can I all be grateful for? Because there are so many things every, every day that we can be uh, grateful for. So if you, had, if you had a chance, right, to relive the, the, your entire career again, instead of worrying and having all, the, all those thoughts in your mind, what would you like to have? What would you then uh, think about instead? Hmm. Yeah, I wish I would have started earlier this gratitude journal. So really this daily gratitude and counting all the blessings that you have uh, also, I mean, including the family and being more conscious about the family and more conscious um, of every moment, actually, yeah? and not always so much worried about the things you still have to do, which we also sometimes in private life, yeah, all the errands you have to run, this constant checklist in the head and somehow um, losing really the moment and the fun in life in the moment. There is uh, the nice quote that 
life is happening while you are busy planning it. Uh, and I felt somehow a little bit in that trap, always planning the life, making sure everything goes smooth and then partly actually missing the real fun in life. And this is also what I would like to give um, your your listeners to, to think about. Um, and maybe I can bring in here, because I have a very nerdy hobby, which is etymology, which is the origins of words. And I'm not sure if everyone ever thought about um, what the word career actually means or where it comes from. It actually comes from Latin, and it's something like a track or a racetrack. And even in Italian nowadays, carrera is still to run. And I think this is a very significant metaphor because a lot of people really see career as this running track where they constantly run from one thing to another, um, never feeling that they really arrive. And even if you have sometimes this milestone of success, it's very short-lived because already we look um, at the next one. Yeah, even just now you mentioned in the pre-discussion, you already start planning next year. Yeah, instead of maybe looking, hey, how was 2020? What did I all do? Immediately we think, about the next year and, and what might happen. And just to add on that, for sure there is nothing wrong in being ambitious and being career-minded and having a lot of goals, so please don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But a key message I really want to give to your uh, listeners is make sure that you have this overarching purpose in your life. What is the big why in your life? What is your life really all about? And um, I would encourage you to really write a life mission statement. We all know from companies that they have a mission statement, but do you have a very own mission statement for your life? And again, using etymology, the word mission comes from the Latin word mitere, which is to send. So a mission is actually what we have been sent for. So have you ever thought about what are you really sent for? What is your life all about? What is the legacy you want to leave behind? What do you want to be remembered as? And before I give back to you, Andrew, let me give one metaphor I always like to use. Um, if our life were a book, our purpose or this mission is like the title of the book, whereas our goals are the chapters. And many of us, including me, we are very, very busy always writing the chapters. And again, nothing wrong as long as you have your book title. Because if you are just busily writing your chapters, it becomes eventually meaningless. But once you really have the title of your book first, and most authors start with the title of the book, then all your chapters become much more meaningful and your goal setting becomes much more meaningful and also achieving each of your goals becomes much more satisfying. So to recap, um, when you had uh, all those constant worries and struggles, um, you wish that you had done more gratitude exercises and finding your purpose or in other words, your mission statement and those would help you to take those, those worries off the table. Mm. Um, can you talk to us about what are some things that you've also tried uh, in order to take these worries off the table? So I think um, firstly, it's um, just really do a good job and ideally always do a little bit more than there is in the job description. Um, another thing is, which I found very beneficial, participate in cross-functional projects because not only can you learn about other functions, but also you become visible um, across functions and outside your own function. And maybe another leader might see you and all of a sudden say, hey, I want to have that guy in my team. And in fact, none of my promotion was pushed from any side or a pull string with any anyone help. It was always just somebody came and said, hey, why don't we give Alexander the job? 
And this leads me to another thing, which um, I think also stories of Asia goes a lot around, is really this personal branding. Make sure that you have a great personal brand. And I believe the best brand you can ever have is a character of trust. So once you have managed that people trust in you and in your work, um, then you are a big step further. And I think I have reached that point where people said, okay, when we give something to Alexander, it will somehow work out. He will either make it or if he can't make it, he will come to us in time and tell us that he can't make it. Mm. The next important point, especially in big companies, is having a mentor. Have someone in the company who really looks after you. And this is ideally someone who is even on a level higher than your boss. And this should be a person like a grandfather, like a godfather or godmother, really looking after you, um, helping you, um, being there to give you advice, but also knowing which positions are opening and bringing in your name. I mean, that's the main thing. Very often, it's just that your name is on the table. Mm. And the last thing is maybe the mindset. Sorry uh, to interrupt you. Yeah. Since I was 21 years with one company, I think um, we should mention here something. Um, and I think Germans and also Japanese are maybe more married with their company and are generally maybe staying a little bit longer um, than many people nowadays or, or other cultures without stereotyping. Let me share one thought. I mean, the, the general three months notice applies for both sides. But very often when a company takes or activates the three months notice and lets people go, we get all very frustrated um, and stressed about it. But we as employees, we say, okay, we can leave any time and we let go of a company even so they were actually there for us all the time. So I'm not saying we should go in with a mindset like a marriage, but still, if you join a company with a mindset that you can leave anytime, it will see in your results. Whereas if you have really this mindset, yes, I really want to make this work, yeah, really like in a marriage, and I will not file for divorce after the first fight. But if something is going wrong, my first reaction is always, what can I do to solve the problem? And you will actually realize that those events are the ones you really grow and learn and it will also be rewarded afterwards. I have seen a lot of people leaving the company because they thought the grass is greener on the other side. And two, three years later, they come knocking on the door again. So go in with a long-term mindset and don't quit immediately. For sure, if the company environment is toxic or the company values are not in line with your personal values, by the way, interim questions, do you know your personal values? Have you ever sat down? What are the values and principles you stand for? So if the company values are not aligned with yours or is a toxic environment, for sure, you should leave. Um, but rather often than not, people leave very, very prematurely rather than um, standing the fight yeah? and saying, not always asking what can the company do for me, but also asking what can I do for the company? And instead of expecting the company to take care of your career, Take care of your career. Take your career in your own hands, aligned with your life purpose, aligned with the title of your book. Wow. So those are very uh, great tips that you shared um, along the ways. Um, um, trying to do more than what your job description says. Basically, you want to outperform and finding a mentor also helps uh, for you to align closely with what you do to your objectives. And I also like the point that you make about aligning the company values with yours and not leave prematurely because prematurely suggests that um, uh, people tend to um, leave uh, with, without really trying some of the strategies uh, like you, you just mentioned to overcome some of the difficulties 
um, that they face at work. Uh, Alexander, tell us a bit more about um, how you found all these strategies because these are really good um, advice. Uh, where where do you first hear about them, and um, um, how how did you eventually find out about them? Um, yeah, I mean, firstly, twenty one years corporate world is quite a fair bit. Um, secondly, I'm a vivid reader, so I always like to read a lot um, what what other things are, what other people are doing and what they are suggesting. I'm also a facilitator uh, for uh, quite a few uh, leadership programs, mm-hmm. and I think the main thing is really having an, an open mind. Yeah, um, I believe if I would now ask your audience if they have an open mind, they will all say yes, we have an open mind, and I would believe them that they believe that they have an open mind. But the, the, the thing is, there are a lot of things working against us. Yeah, We have uh, a lot of uh, thoughts every day. In fact, several tens of thousands of thoughts every day. Many of them are repetitive. We have a lot of biases. Many of them we are not aware of. And you might have heard the, ter- uh, the term autopilot, that we actually run our life on autopilot. So I think the, the main thing that helped me a lot is always challenging the status quo is the things that I'm doing really right. Um, what can I learn from other people? And most importantly, never dismissing an idea from somebody else early. Yeah, rather often than not, we say things like, oh, what is he saying? This is a silly idea. Or even on social media, immediately we make some down and we make negative comments about it. Instead of maybe reflecting what the author meant. Yeah? Maybe the intention behind the message is very different from what we assume uh, initially. So those are the things that helped me a lot um, along the way um, in improving myself. And again, the main thing is really being open-minded, um, being curious about yourself, being curious to find out also the dark sides of yourself. Yeah, And sometimes we don't really like what we find out. That's why this curiosity should always be married with courage. So really be curious about finding things about yourself, but also have the courage when it's not so nice to admit it. Because rather often than not what we are doing when we find out something about ourselves, in fact, very often it comes through feedback. Yeah, very often we get feedback that we don't like. And what we are doing is we are dismissing it. We are arguing. We are justifying and we are then not really changing. But we can always dismiss a feedback, but at least think about it for a while. Maybe there is a little bit sense of truth inside, and this is where you can really learn. I believe most people don't want to put us down with a feedback. They actually really want to help us. The Mm. question is, do we want to take this help with open arms and with an open mind, and most importantly, an open heart? So, Alexander, as you applied these strategies to manage your worries and fears how did you feel along the way and how did you feel about it right now as you stop worrying oh now i'm at a great place yeah um i mean maybe one thing uh, just as one example yeah so also i was 21 years with a company and it was actually a german company so practically my position was secured and i didn't really have to worry of getting fired and having financial worries, but still, there was always this worry, do I have enough pension fund? Um, If somebody falls sick, do I have enough money? There was constantly this worry. So now, um, since I have eliminated these worries and replaced this with more positive imagination, um, also I earn now much, much less than those days, I have much less financial worries. And I found out it's really not about the money. And I got reminded by 
um, what is his name, Jim Carrey, the American actor, yeah. who said everybody should become rich and famous just to realize that this is not the answer. For sure, you can say it's easy to say from somebody who is rich and famous that money is not everything. But I also really, really came there. That it was almost like the more money you have, the more you worry again about is it really enough? And eventually you start even worrying about losing the money again. So yeah. once we can really switch off these worries and always find out what is actually the root cause or this underlying maybe limiting belief behind that worry and try to replace it like my constant worry of doing a well job replacing is by saying hey alexander so far all your jobs you did well and now is not the first time that you will fail and uh, even now why should i now worry about running out of money or somebody falling sick so far i have enough savings nobody is sick why worrying about it it doesn't help you at all yeah? let's cross the bridge uh, later so this really helped me a lot to have now a much more balanced life and really having this this happiness from from within and being just um, at a good overall mental stage. And even now with the lockdown that you can travel much less, maybe this is another example. I also always thought I have to travel a lot. I have to see a lot from the world and this will make me happy. Um, when I realized that if you're not really happy with yourself, again, the happiness from those travels are very, very short-lived. Like also mm -hmm. every promotion actually is very short-lived. Um, if it's all about this short-term goals and excitements. Uh, so once you have your overarching purpose, which is again, as I said, for me, making a positive difference in the lives of people, everything becomes very, very different. So I can really encourage your listeners, make sure you have this overarching purpose and you align whatever you do to this purpose and that you're also really aware of your values. What are your core values and how can you translate them into guiding principles, how they guide your life? All right, those are great, um, powerful points there. So you basically first find yourself in constant worries and uh, you, you set some short-term goals ahead. Um, you, you, you took some pleasures in uh, pleasurable activities, which helped short-term, in the short-term to take some of the worries mm. off, but you realize that actually the more sustainable solution is to find yourself rooted in your purpose. And as long as you find that um, you are doing according to what you want to do with your life, um, you actually don't really have to worry so much. How then would you recommend yeah. to uh, listeners to find their purpose? Uh, as, as you mentioned just now, finding their values uh, or trying to mm. understand their life statements. What, what are some strategies that you would recommend to go about doing that? Um, beautiful. Let me come back. I mean, very nice summary, Andrew, um, with your own words. Uh, and you said one very important thing um, being rooted. Yeah? So let me come back to this one more time because I, I always use the metaphor um, if, if humans were a plant, our character were the roots and um, our personality is the branches. Yeah? And we talk a lot about personality nowadays, um, but this is like branches, it's outside and it changes over time. And sometimes mm -hmm. we even cut off branches so that new branches can come. And this mm -hmm. is what personality is all about. So it's outside, it's visible, it's changing over time. But our character are really the roots. And like a plant, if you have rotten roots, um, it won't really grow. And if you have a rotten character, you can try to build a shining personality around it, but eventually you will be get caught. So the best um, personality branding is actually by starting with a great character building. So really analyze your character and this links back to what I said earlier, these values and principles. So really first 
start this journey with sitting down, what are your values and principles and what do you really stand for and make sure that you guide all your decisions based on that. Yeah. So for instance, if one of your values is um, honesty yeah, or integrity, then your guiding principles would be telling the truth, even if it's to your disadvantage, standing up for the truth, standing up for people who are maybe wrongly treated, and then make sure that you constantly live to these principles because this helps you to become really an authentic person and a very powerful character, which is liked by people. And um, I believe in a career, your character is very often more important than the competence. So now people talk a lot about competence and competence building and reskilling, but all this doesn't really help if you have a rotten character. So really start in investing in building up a great character. Um, then coming back to the main question on purpose finding, um, there's one very macabre solution, but um, starting with the end in mind, um, imagine your funeral and what you want people to say about you at your funeral. Yeah, and you might realize that this might not even be so much about career and success and achievement. It might be uh, very, very different things. Um, another way how you could do it is um, listening more to your intuition rather than to your mind, because our mind is very much preoccupied already by what people were telling us. Yeah? Our, our parents, maybe some of your listeners, they even studied something because the parents told them to study, but it was not really their calling. So really try to listen more um, to your intuition and to your calling, what, what is really that makes you happy. Maybe take a, a quiet moment and take a pen and think about which moments make you really happy. Um, when are you working at your best? Um, what are you think your inherent talents? What are you really, really good at? Um, and um, where do you, you really flourish? And what are these wonderful moments? And when you sit down and write down those things and look at some commonalities, you, you might find out what is it really about you. Yeah? So for instance, when I did that, I, I realized, yes, for me, it's a lot about altruism and really wanting to help people. And initially it was first all about the company and then it was all about the family. And then I realized actually it shouldn't matter. Yeah, It shouldn't matter who it is. I just want to help people. And even if it's the auntie in the coffee shop or the cleaner somewhere, um, it just shouldn't matter. And I want to uh, touch people's life and make a positive difference in their life. So this is how I eventually found out my purpose. So that's great. So tell me about a time when, um, okay, so assuming that you have already found um, your purpose and your life mission statements and all that. Tell me about a time when that that uh, when that was being challenged, either by an external circumstance and all that. Did worries start to creep in again, and how did you overcome the kind of situation? Um, let me try to answer this a bit differently, maybe um, because somehow I always had a mission statement. Yeah, I was very blessed that um, I, I read the seven habits um, of highly effective people quite early and also took the training. And there's actually also one habit, which is about this mission statement. Yeah, And very early in my career, I made very clear that my mission statement is about family and it's all about family. And as I mentioned earlier, I thought that I have a good life balance. But here comes now the main catch. It's really about consciousness and this constant self-checking. Yeah. So I think the main thing was maybe not so much that I didn't have a mission and a purpose, but I was not honestly checking myself always 
am I actually living according to the purpose? Yeah? So while my mission was family, my goals were not all aligned with family. Yeah? So there were still too many maybe corporate goals and I had a mismatch. So this is maybe was for me the sad thing to learn um, along the line. So that's why it's not only important to have that purpose, your overarching book title and your what you have been sent for, but then making sure that you align your goals to that and thirdly, and very importantly, make sure that you are conscious and that you constantly make a recheck. Am I still on track yeah, or did I get off the track? And rather often than not, we get actually off the track and other things come in again and become all of a sudden more important. So I hope this answered your question maybe from a little uh, different angle. Yeah, great. Uh, definitely, I think uh, as we form our mission statements, we will encounter challenges along the way and it would be... Uh, uh, it will take a while for us to come back right on track again. And and um, having a lot of self-awareness helps to uh, accelerate that process. Mm. So thank you, Alexander, for sharing with us uh, so much about uh, this whole topic about finding a purpose to end, uh, to, to really put an end to worries, which really actually doesn't really add much value to our lives. So I hope that uh, you have um, benefited from listening to this episode. And thank you, Alexander, for sharing. I hope that uh, you have learned from this story as we teach a lesson, share perspectives, and inspire your journey. If you like this episode, we'd like to hear from you as well. Do leave a comment down below. Rate and subscribe to the show as we want to bring you more stories in our next episode of this Stories of Asia podcast. Thank you, Alexander, for joining me in this, in this uh, podcast. Thank you, Andrew. And thank you, Stories of Asia, for this great mission. And all the best to your listeners. Thank you.